and welcome to Life Happens Moving Forward, a new podcast hosted by yours truly. My name is Syl Marie, and I am excited to be starting this journey and especially that I get to share it with you guys. Perhaps I won't have the opportunity to meet each and every one of you individually, but I feel like through podcasting and through the airwaves, perhaps we can kind of get to know each other just a little more. And honestly, my desire is just that you would feel encouraged whatever season of life that you are in, whether you are newlywed, whether you're thinking about marriage, perhaps you're single and you're happy being single. Well, guess what? There are going to be so many different topics that we are going to cover. I've got so many wonderful people lined up that I am going to have an opportunity to have some open dialogue with about so many different topics. Whether it be dating, whether it be heartbreak, whether it be forgiveness, whether it be depression, whether it be thoughts of suicide, yes, even finances, so many different things. We're going to have a little something for everybody because see, life is comprised of so many different topics, facets, seasons, highs, lows, and I'm here to talk about all of it. So stay tuned, you guys. Come back to this channel however often that you'd like. You're going to probably find an episode that you're going to want to repeat it and hear it one more time. And I just want to say thank you for tuning in. Keep us in your prayers because our desire is that people would find hope and know that God has a plan no matter what. I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in and let's get started. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on our first podcast. I'm honored to have today's guest with us, and I just want to give a little bit of a background on our guest. It was about a couple years ago that I stumbled upon uh, Lawami's Instagram page, and I think he must have been traveling to Mexico or something, and it was just something humorous that he said that kind of caught my attention. Uh, It was a really low point in my life, honestly. Uh, been struggling with you know some things you know life can have its ups and downs uh so that was the first time I had stumbled upon his page but it was what I found intriguing was just how he was able to balance ministry and family being a full-time preacher but the Luami um I just found that to be very interesting and it's been a couple years since then and thankfully I've been able to uh find his life to be inspiring not just to I think people that are divorced, but young people, people of different ages, and I am excited to have Luami with us today. So we're going to give you a couple of interesting facts about Luami. He was born in Dominican Republic, raised in New York City, one of my favorite cities. Uh, He's lived in different states throughout the years. Uh, He's got two sons, and he was just recently sharing that his oldest son was recently uh, appointed youth pastor this week so that is so exciting uh brother lomi's got a couple things we'll be talking about i think he's got some things in the works but let's go ahead and welcome lomi diaz good morning thank you so much sylvia for having me i am so honored and if if i understand it correctly this is your first uh, podcast ever and goodness this this is really a landmark uh, podcast session for me. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I'm honored to be here. 
I'd like to say that you are going to do an incredible job with this. I've only been, uh, I've only heard you or talked to you here the last 30 minutes or so, 40 minutes, and I already know that you're going to do incredible. So um, I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of your sessions for sure. Thank you very much. I appreciate that encouragement. And, you know, it's always sometimes a little, um, you know, nerve wracking trying something new. Um, I've kind of been known to be a little bit of a, you know, talker throughout the years since I was a little girl. And sometimes you don't always, for anybody out there that's, you know, thinking about trying something and it's like, what am I going to do? You know, Uh, what can I do with this trait or that trait? But you know what, honestly, I think it's beautiful how God can use things that would seem like, oh my God, this person's too funny or that person talks too much or whatever. They're outgoing. But God can use it, I think, for his glory. And so thank you so much for that encouragement. And I pray that um, that all goes well. I have faith that it will. So I'm excited. Uh, you know, when I was sharing with some people along me that this is going to be primarily about helping the single person, uh, of the single parent, perhaps, or somebody that's going through a separation. You know, there are so, we, you and I understand that there are so many different stages to, to divorce, right, to to that whole you know everything and we're going to get into that right now but before we get started before we go any further i'd like to just do a little opening prayer for those of you that are joining us once again thank you so much and we're just going to ask god to to just have his way uh to open our hearts and that we can all leave with a little blessing today in this segment okay you guys can all join me Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to discuss a topic that is not easy to talk about, yet you are aware of it. And I just pray for every listener today, God, that you would touch their hearts, that you would help their heart to be open, whether whatever season in the, of, of their life that they're in, God, I just pray that that this could be a blessing to them and that um, through this ministry that you be glorified always, but that people leave with some sort of encouragement. In Jesus' name. Use Brother Luami Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. So the topic of divorce is not one that I think um, is easy to talk about sometimes. Um, just want to give a little, say something, a little something. I, I know when I was going through a divorce, uh, I remember feeling like I didn't belong, perhaps, you felt like, well, especially if you went to church services or conventions, right? Which I've grown up in church all my life. And so you sort of feel like, or I remember feeling like, well, I don't belong with the ladies because, well, they're all married and I don't belong with the youth because I'm older than them. And so I kind of felt like I didn't belong. And yet I knew that was a lie of the devil. That was the enemy's lie trying to make me feel like your life's over, you know? So If you're listening today and you can relate to any of that or feel like you don't belong, you do belong. And we are going to talk a little bit about this and how what God says about it and how God still has a plan for our lives. So, Brother Lamy, I don't want to speak anymore. You can feel free to go ahead and share what's in your heart about this. Well, yeah, uh, just like you said, there's um, you almost feel like a leper. Um, like an ancient Israel leper, you know, that you have to stay without the the walls. You couldn't go into the city. You couldn't go into the temple. No one could touch you. 
um, that's how lepers were treated in, in the ancient world. And when you have the big scarlet D letter on your, um, on your back or whatever, or on your forehead sometimes, it feels like um, you are that leper. You are ostracized. You are different. Um, but may I say that I feel like a lot of that as well is very, it, we, it's self-imposed. I know that mm. um, for me, I know that it felt that way for a lot of natural reasons. For example, I, I, I would, you know, how do I approach my married friends now? Uh, the embarrassment of mm. dealing with people you've ministered to or been around your whole life, and um, and they've, you know, they've said things like "we look up to you" or. Uh, yeah, like oh, yeah. your your marriage, you know, goals. That, that's that's how we want our marriage to be, and it's it's almost like when you internalize that, when you think about those things, you kind of impose a um, a certain amount of embarrassment and to yourself, like you and you want to retract and you want to retrieve and you want to stay alone. And I figured it out later. It's not that people were treating me any differently. It's that I myself was assuming a lot of stuff. Um, people were still asking me to go to their, to the same parties and the same, you know, but me in my head, they, they never showed any difference towards me. But in my head, I was thinking, no, like, you just you're just pitying me you know this is just pity and mm. when in the, when in reality like they had always invited me to come over they had always brought me you know there was fam pastor's family had always brought me over for christmas they had always invited me and when i went through my divorce again they invited me again like normal um like they normally did um but i was so busy feeling like everyone felt sorry for me that here I was like, no, he's doing that because he pities me and I don't want to be pitied right now. Mm. And it, you know, in the end, after a while, I thought, man, a lot of what I went through was self-imposed. Like people really weren't treating me the way I thought they were treating me or the way I assumed um, that they would treat me. So those are just my two cents on that. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I agree with you on that. Um, yet one can find themselves feeling true. It's like, what is factual and what is just, what are just your thoughts on something? But is it really truly how it is? Right. So, so for me, it, it's like you're saying, our family still loves us. And I come from a big family. All the more I think people will kind of rally around somebody that's hurting, but because of all the different changes and because of the separation, because of now you are alone, sometimes you don't know how to feel. And so you feel like you don't belong yeah. and yet you do. Right. So <clears throat> that's, that's tough. So I've been, I've been, and I believe you have as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. We've been raised in church all our lives. I've been raised in church all my life and we understand marriage and, 
how God designed it. And it's, it's, it's a reflection really mm -hmm. of Christ and the church. Right. So it, uh, mm -hmm. at least it ought to be right. And so can you share a little bit about, about just perhaps marriage and, and then divorce, what God says about it? Because I, I don't ever want people Lomi, to think that in any way that, that you or I, or just I, um, I'm an advocate for divorce. I think that should be the very last resort. And unfortunately, I'm noticing a lot nowadays. I mean, everything yeah. is so dispensable, right? Um, everything is so, if you don't like it, cancel the credit card, cancel the car note, turn the car and trade it in. And so we're, we're, in, we're living in a time where it's been like that for a while, but divorce has been Absolutely. since the Bible days. You know, so if you want to share some of that with us. Uh, sure. Well, um, I will say that uh, the book of Malachi, uh, chapter two, says that God hates divorce. God hates divorce. And that's that's strong. And of course, in the context, divorce was uh, traditionally divorce was something that men did um, as they ostracized women and they could divorce for just about anything. I mean, if you, I don't think they had irons at the time, but I'm trying to contextualize it. If you ironed his shirt wrongly, or if you, you know, made the carne asada a little too, too bland, um, they disliked you. They would mm. divorce you for anything. Any inde indecency is what the, wow. the, the word is in, in scripture, Deuteronomy, I believe, for any indecency. And People still don't know to this day what indecency means. Um, so they just, so what they would do is that they would just whatever they found. If if they no longer fit, you know, the woman no longer was pleasing to them for whatever reason, they just divorced them on the spot. So a lot of what we wow. get in scripture regarding divorce is um, it's really trying to um trying to how can i say it it's really trying to make do right for the woman that's that's really what a lot of these divorce laws are about in scripture it's really that wow. christianity is the first i don't think people realize how Christianity really ministers towards women and how it's trying to reclaim womanhood and the value of women. But a lot of what's in the law is like, look, our mm -hmm. world diminishes the rights of women here where a man could just trash you and go marry somebody else for whatever reason. So a lot of the things that the Bible imposes on divorce is not really giving us much and the reason why is because of the context of it. It's because what it's trying to do, um, it's trying to, um, it's trying to do right by women. So, um, anyway, but the Bible says in Malachi that God hates divorce, and um, He hates divorce because it always involves unfaithfulness to the solemn covenant of marriage that two partners have mm -hmm. entered into um, before God. And, um, and God takes his covenants, you know, he takes his covenants seriously. As a matter of fact, um, this is a, um, the, the marriage is supposed to be a portrayal of what Christ and his church ought to look like. And so marriage is like a microcosm of that. It's, it's a symbol of that. 
So God hates divorce because of what we are portraying to the world. What we're saying to the world through divorce is, oh, look, um, the love between Christ and his church. Look how easily it can be dissolved. Look how. And, and so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, look how shaky and so it is. <laughs> God hates divorce for yeah. that purpose. And if you study the context of Malachi, why God says he hates divorce again it's because the men were being unfaithful to the to the wife of his youth, and the and, and the Bible says he was being treacherous yeah. to her by going out and having relationships elsewhere, and so they were divorcing the wife of their youth, and so God was talking to the men when He said this, and He was saying, "I hate divorce." What He's saying to the men is, "I hate the way you're treating your wife like she was a nobody." I hate the way you're just divorcing her um, nonchalantly for absolutely no reason. And um, also in the context of that, uh, of that scripture in Malachi, you see why. It's because marriage is supposed to lead to a godly heritage, that is, godly offspring, um, bring children into the world who are nurtured in the love and admonition um, of the Lord. And divorce really doesn't, it's possible, you know, I'm a witness that it's possible to bring up offspring that is uh, godly um, when you divorce, but um, it makes it so much harder. It makes it so much harder. And so that's what that's why God hates divorce for what it causes to the children. It gives you less of an opportunity to bring up kids in godliness, to bring up offspring in godliness. And it, so it hurts the family. It hurts the partners. It hurts the command and the covenant and so that's why god says i hate divorce yeah and we should hate it as well we should all hate divorce. amen what yeah what do you think about the fact that nowadays thank you for sharing that what do you what do you think about the fact that nowadays i think for me just because not everybody survives the whole divorce process though i mean not everybody comes out i mean we all have that opportunity to come out healed even though we're broken to come out whole even though we've just been torn down and 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 sort of like if you think of your body a piece of you has been severed and there there, there needs to be time for that to heal right but i think we're all given that opportunity if if if, if it's inevitable if divorce is inevitable for some people and I, I want to kind of talk about what is inevitable and what's not. What what is where is there still hope and where does one? Because I've had some friends recently that have asked, you know, I'm going through the separation. How do you know? And, and how do you know when when you stop praying? Because autom automatically we want to believe that that God can heal, that God can restore, that it's God's desire. And we think of uh, the story. Of, Was that? Oh my goodness. What is that story where the, where, yes. Yeah. Oh my God. That story of redemption is amazing. I, I, I love that story. And I know it, it, sure. it was more of a reflection of the people of Israel with, with, yeah. with God and their infidelity to the Lord. But, but just that story in itself is beautiful because mm. that love was restored. And, and yet as Christians, as a believer, as a person automatically, if, you know, if, if both people are fighting or whatever, for whatever reason, they find, okay, it's, we're done. This is just not going anywhere. It's years of yeah. abuse, years of infidelity, years of whatever. 
you really got to try, but how, what advice or what counsel would you give to somebody that's still trying to navigate perhaps, um, because as a Christian, I, I want to think that God wants my marriage to be whole. God wants my family to be a unit. He wants it to be. But where do you say, because I think it's our guilt or our conscience, or we're just our conscience, or, you know, how can you help someone to navigate through, you know what, bro, you tried enough. Like, I, we see that. Like, yeah. Now it's time to start the healing <clears throat> process. Or let, let me go back. Let me just say in the, in the book of Matthew, for example, when a brother is caught in an offense, there's a process. There's a process. And I think that um, just like divorce, just like this brother was caught in an offense, kind of, divorce is kind of like that. There's a process to it. Um, it takes time to really know what's in someone's heart. If someone is caught in an offense, <clears throat> I think the outline is um, that you first and foremost have to confront him or her and try to win them back you know and, and if you do so you cover a multitude of sins like if they if they if they say you know i am wrong mm. i'm sorry i am wrong let me let me write my ways and you've covered a multitude of sin uh, but if that doesn't happen then you are required to bring two or three witnesses with you see because they haven't repented fully so now you bring two or three witnesses with you and you say okay look I caught this person in an offense and now I try to, you know, confront him privately, but this is something that keeps happening. I still don't want to bring this before the church or the elders or anybody. I just want to, I, but, but I, I want to see if we can help. Can we help this before we make this public? Can we help him? Um, to, to be restored. And now these people come and so there's the, the advice and the counsel and the praying and the trying, but say this person is still unrepentant, then you're supposed to bring them to the elders. And so the elders uh, are supposed to deal with this. And now, now this is um, dealing with, um, you know, the elders, it, it kind of makes it a little more public. And, uh, and then if the elders find out, oh, this person is still unrepentant, then it takes it to the corporate church, the gathered church. And what do you take someone's case to the gathered church for? The only reason you take it there is so that they would get rid of that person or kick it out. Exactly. To mark them sort of like to mark yes. them, to label um, them. For as yeah. So you know? for expulsion. <clears throat> um, so you, um, so you, you know, the church decides, okay, mm -hmm. this is not a brother or sister. This is not a believer in the Lord because his actions are not proving to, to, mm -hmm. to do that. And I think the reason I, I bring that up is because divorce is kind of like that. Like, I don't think anybody, um, should, you know, like I've seen people that says, well, I've got grounds for divorce and I'm out like as though, as though this was the you were kind of looking forward to the first time that this ever happened. I've seen people, I've heard, actually, I have a friend, not only was he looking for it, you know that he was looking for it because he placed cameras in his home trying to trying to catch his uh, his spouse in, in, an, in an evil act just so that he could have proof so that he could be like, listen, yeah. I've got grounds here, I'm out. And I don't think that divorce, that the, that the concession of divorce was given in scripture 
um, in, in for that specific purpose. There's supposed to be a process here. Christ, how does Christ love his church? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is, um, love is forgiving. Uh, how often should I forgive? Um, 70 times seven. And I know that equals to a, a specific numbers, but that's not what, you know, that's not what he was saying. That's not the point. Um, the point was the point. you keep forgiving, you keep forgiving, right. you keep trying, you, uh, you know, you keep trying to reestablish and um, love is kind. You come back, you uh, love is patient. And that word patient means um, if you really, if, if you read in the Greek, that patience means being temperate for a long period of time over a long period of time um it's the same word that it, it's the same word that you have um in the fruit of the spirit for long suffering long suffering so love is it suffers a very long time um that's what it's trying to say it's you're not cold or hot that's what temperate is you're not gonna be hot in anger and, and make decision based on that. And you're not going to be cold and indifferent and make a decision based on that. It, it love um, stays the same at the same climate, at the same temperature for a very long time. And, um, and so this is, I, I feel like, um, I guess that there, there are degrees to this. You have to give it time. You have to give a, a person, let's say, a person who is found at fault um, in, in your marriage. Um, and, and I'm talking from the from the point of view of a, of a victim. Many of many of the um, um, hearers even uh, might not be victims in this case. Maybe you were the one that that caused it or whatever. But but mm -hmm. just in this context, I'm talking as a victim. I think that. Um, mm -hmm. you know, you have to give it time for this process to develop because if a person has offended, has done wrong and is set on going in a different direction away from you, etc., then you have to give this time. You have to give, uh, some time to maybe the, um, the raw emotions that someone experienced for whatever reason to subside. You have to give it time for um, the church mm -hmm. body to, to, to figure out whether this person is even a believer or not, because, because believers are believers Amen. are children of the light who will be restored back to right relationship with God. And they will eventually say, okay, I'm doing wrong. But you know what? God is convicting me. The Holy Spirit is convicting me. Let me go back to what's right. Let my actions speak louder than uh, what I've... Let my actions now restore my past actions. Um, and, and believers will always come back. But yeah. if someone claims to be a believer, but their actions say, okay, I'm never coming back or I'm never going to restore this, then then they are unbelievers and that's where it takes the elders to pronounce them as unbelievers. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to give it time for this. You've got to give time because um, it's not as, it's not as easy. It's complex. There's nuances. So you have to give it some time, but after some reasonable time has passed where you have tried, where you have prayed, where the elders of the church have, admonish they have counseled they have tried they have you know 
after that time, I think it's safe to say when a person, find, you know, is not just, this is not just, you know, and there are no rules to this. You can't really give it a, a date, like, oh, six months. But um, there is a certain place in your heart mm-hmm. when you just realize, okay, I've tried. I've done everything I can. We've we've prayed. I went to the elders of the church. We we counseled. We we have asked, and this answer is just no. Um, and, and I know it from their words, and I know it from their actions. Yeah. Their heart is set on going their own way. Then at that point, your heart just knows, and you just say, "Okay, mm-hmm. you know what." I think it's time to move on and it's time to stop the hope and it's time to pray um, because we start the healing process. The healing process will never start, start the healing until process, the hope huh? is shut off. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a sort of a contradiction and a tearing uh, apart if you've got the hope and then you want to heal and it's like you're hoping, but then you want closure. It's like, what? It, it's just a crazy roller coaster that Absolutely. a person going through Absolutely. that is going to be feeling so. You're so right. You're so right. Uh, and I think divorce is such, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a one word topic, but it, there's such an, um, it's an umbrella of so many things that fall under it. We're understanding Brother Luami sharing with us today that, that the Lord hates divorce. And you know what, Luami, I appreciate, you know, I, I think that's where it's important for us to, to not just to hear a person's words, not just to listen and tune into podcasts and shows and 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 preachings and resources that are available to us as listeners. Um, if you're out there, I would encourage you to pick up God's word. It's alive. It's true. It's got so much wisdom. And so today, listening to you, Loami, say that uh, a lot of a lot of the scripture in the Old Testament was yeah. basically in defense of women that were not being treated well. For those of you out there that lean towards that feminist uh, women's rights side, I, I'm a little more old school. I, I, I think yeah, that's yeah. the fear of the Lord in me that I'm just like, no, 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 God has a plan. You know, we need to, you know, this is just how it is. But I know there are a lot of young young women out there and, um, you know, that should that should give hope to you ladies that um, a lot of this was because because Christ was in, you know, God was in defense of, um, Absolutely. of, of, of the mistreating of, of women. And um, I know our cultures have changed a lot. So that is so good. You've been listening to some honest, open dialogue between Loami and myself. You know, the topic of divorce, which is something he's familiar with, and unfortunately, I'm familiar with it as well. But we're willing to open up and and to share with you guys in hopes that you could uh, feel encouraged and in hopes that you could be enlightened about a topic that is just so taboo, especially amongst Christian people and anybody actually, if you're human, right? If you've been in a relationship, right? So this topic is rather um, vast and we're going to do our very best to kind of wrap it up in the next segment. So that is all for today. I thank you for tuning in and part two is coming up. So stay tuned. In addition, Luami has been so kind as to help me to cover a Q&A. You're not going to want to miss that. So have a wonderful day. Thank you guys. And remember, God loves you and so do I.